Hi, my name is Thorne Nielsen, and I'm the co-founder of Earnit, and you are listening to The App Guy. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy. Welcome to another episode of The App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, this is a show where I go around the world and I uh, locate some really fascinating people uh, interesting people so that it makes you feel that you can think outside the box, you can uh, maybe quit that corporate job and uh, do something really um, amazing with your life. Now, uh, I'm taking a mini retirement at the moment in Bali, but I have bumped into the most fascinating individual and I'm very excited about bringing him uh, into uh, your life and, and introducing him. Uh, his name is Alexis Donier. It's hard to know what he does, but basically he builds the most beautiful uh, locations in Ubud in Bali, uh, where I'm staying. And uh, at the moment, I'm staying at a place called Rome.co. Rome.co, you can check that online. It's, they have a Bali location, and it is stunning. And this man built it, and he does many other interesting things. We're going to find out. Do you stay tuned. Alexis, welcome to the App Guide podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this is rather random for you. We were just in the gym. Uh, there's a lovely gym in Ubud, and we just started chatting. Um, tell us then, um, t well, first of all, tell us about you. Uh, you're German, that you had this opportunity of going the usual path of having a career in Germany, but you decided to do something different. So tell us about that start of your journey. Yeah, I came to Bali about four years. It must have been, yeah, like about four years ago. And um, I was doing pretty good back in Berlin, and I had established like a really nice network of friends and people and also work. So I was trained as an architect in Berlin, and um, because the, the world we live in there is so saturated, um, it was hard for me to kind of start an architectural business, kind of really you know, without having or gaining the trust of, of, um, of people um, that would say, come on, like, here's some money, build a house, um, you know, build my house, which is something very personal for most people. Um, so I tended to kind of focus more on um, interior design, club spas, and, and also furniture, uh, which seemed to be a more graspable scale for me to do, because I never wanted to really work for someone else. Uh, had a sort of a natural kind of block or barrier. Have you worked for someone else? I did. I worked for um, Rem Kohlhaas at OMA in New York for about three and a half years. And that was good for me, but it was also because I learned a lot and, you know, and there was this kind of godlike figure that, you know, would know everything and stuff. So that was... <laughs> That was good, but then on the other hand, I realized like I'm not really made for this setup. I really have to learn by trying out uh, things on my own, do mistakes on my own, and grow on my own. So, so you had to quit then. This is the thing that many people listening are struggling with, is that they think there's no alternative. They know there's a passion that they want to be, like I wanted to quit, and, but I didn't know what what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be in charge of my own life. How, how did you overcome that? Was there a fear that you had of taking an alternative path? Well, I was always very curious. And I think curiosity is the, is the number one driving force for me and always has been like curious of what I actually like because um, oftentimes I didn't know that in my life. 
And I was just going, like, is it, is it this? No, I have to, like, change the path. No, is it, could it be that? Um, so it's this ongoing pursuit of, of really finding out what you, what you want to do. This is, this is fascinating then. So like, I don't think many people actually, I didn't have that personal inner dialogue with myself to, to, and the curiosity to ask myself what I want to do with my life. But you're having this debate and trying different things. Uh, that, that must be really powerful then once you find something that you know that you love. Yeah, it was always difficult because I was the kind of guy that, that was always pondering too much, I'd say, like really, you know, going in there deep, kind of lo losing, you know, losing myself in thoughts and stuff. And, and I thought that was a bad thing. But then, you know, as I put things more on the positive side, I was, um, yeah, I felt that there's a real power, you know, to reflect on things and to really find out uh, what it is that, that I want. And uh, yeah, even if it if it means like giving up sort of sort of security and and like you know uh, maybe even giving up the little you know for for something you don't know at all. Like you know you say goodbye to these few anchor points in life that you've made because society has like taught you to kind of do this and be successful at that and like you know not piss anyone off and do that but um it's it's to me i found out is to to give that up and really jump um or go somewhere or yeah start doing something or trying something out out of curiosity that you don't even know before so this is um what i found to be very fruitful yeah, yeah so i want uh, everyone listening to this to go and check out at least rome.co and look at the barley it, it's just a beautiful building you, you've gone from a very um, like what society is dictating to living here in Bali and creating these wonderful like very unique living spaces. Uh, what what um, I, I guess like how did uh, that come about? You know how did you end up like getting these projects uh, and and get, giving your own flavor of what a living space should look like? Yeah, I think it's you know if you can if you can do something which is kind of like a hybrid of of two or more things like let's say these cultures like the culture where I'm that's mine like the European culture then with the Asian or Eastern um, culture if you merge things um, if you find a medium like architecture or like these these projects that we do it is so um, yeah like inspiring to kind of combine what you find here locally like how people live you know what what their reason for going out of bed is in the morning as opposed to yours that you bring you know the type of kind of yeah the luxury that that we always find to be so important when we come travel to places like bali and then um how how cultures that live here like the balinese they they just look at us and they have like a bit of a, a different approach on on or a different opinion and it's 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 beautiful to to be inspired by the way that people live here at the same time don't like neglect where where we are from where where I am from and what I wanted uh, how I want to live like for instance and then in architecture it's nothing either good or bad or black and white there's these gradients of different things that then lead to to results which yeah which hopefully inspires people yeah i, I just want people listening now to imagine that they're working or they're listening to this commuting in some traffic or uh, working in an office and they are 48 hours away possibly 
from jumping on a plane, getting here, walking into a lovely living space, having uh, what, like, it's actually a very lovely place to, to live. I've been living there now for over a week. But you have a communal kitchen, you have uh, instant access to a community. Uh, and within a week, I've made some really wonderful friends and, and met you as well. And, uh, and that is within everyone's grasp. But I, I think there must be a mental barrier for people to actually do this <laughs> because it's so easy, yet it's so hard to, to just do, do something like that. Yeah, it's, it's very like every day I. You know, you, you wake up and you feel like you know it all, and then, but you don't. And because the stuff that you don't know is not aware to you. So it's this, you know, it's kind of this battle between the, the conscious and the subconscious. Obviously, you don't know what's happening in your subconscious because you're not aware of it. That's why it's down there, right? Yeah. So that jump it takes, um, it's often so much easier than you think. It would be, but yet it's, as you said, it's so hard sometimes because we get thrown over by things like routine, like being lazy, being, uh, you know, like just rather identifying with the stuff that hurts a little bit uh, and kind of feel comfortable in that weird kind of arrangement of pain as opposed to kind of leaving things behind and, and training training to overcome that. It's kind of like, you know, training a muscle or training music or training how to play an instrument. It is this ongoing nag that I think you need to kind of learn to break free, you know, and that's on a daily basis. That's like in a relationship that's with work, that's with yourself, that's with sports, with, uh, with playing an instrument. It's always this kind of drag that you have to overcome that takes seems to take on a little bit longer than from the point of when you decided to change something. So it's this extra drag that you have to come out of. It's kind of like walking through mud. And then you, like, you lift your, your leg and then you, you feel that drag for a little bit longer until it sets you free. Yeah, and I've experienced that myself with um, uh, resistance training and weightlifting over the last six months that I've been doing it. Uh, let's talk about your typical day because it's very different to, I'm sure, a majority of people are listening to this right now. You're, 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 I mean, it's, well, first of all, I, I've just come to, we've, we're having a chat in an office where there's two wonderful vintage motorcycles sitting <laughs> down there. Uh, we're on a, a fairly quiet street, but in a, a beautiful location with rice fields just down the road and uh, palm trees everywhere. So, so, yeah, let's talk about a typical day for you then to try and give some visualized insight to others who uh, you know need to see this lifestyle yeah i i usually wake up around like 5 6 in the morning because the sun's waking me up there's no window between nature and me i i look on to uh, a beautiful volcano uh, i see the sun rising right next to the volcano and i see like the most amazing shades of purple and orange and like grazed all the you know all these massive uh, myriads of grays that you can see so I go I, I wake up and then I jump on a bike and I go to the gym mm. and I I uh, yeah I start kind of feeling it out like feeling that resistance of uh, you know you've been obviously sleeping for a while and then you just wake up you just gotta let let loose let go and then um, and it's a nice community at the gym as well there's yeah. a lot of lovely people uh, yeah you 
kind of bump into people and you kind of chit chat a little bit about here and there but also it depends sometimes you just like focus on on your own routine sometimes yeah you you, you know I meet just people that, like you that part of your routine as well the, the typical day uh, some people would feel quite frightened because maybe they're on their own uh, d doing something like this but uh, you know within the space of one week I felt very special I've made some very good friends so you can do you can introduce yourself to this type of lifestyle uh, by even though you're on your own uh, you will meet some great people it's very hard not to meet people here yeah it's this it's this magic of Bali yeah. it's really you know places like this one there's several places in the world that I have visited that are a little bit like this but non exactly like Bali of course so it's so, so I interrupted you on your routine. So you got, you finish the gym, and then you uh, then what? Come back to the this office here, the, where we're interviewing. I have um, breakfast usually at my breakfast place. Uh, have a coffee. So you have an alternative breakfast place. Um, yeah, we opened a we opened a little coffee place uh, diner. Lazy. It's called Lazy Cats. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, we we found so this amazing you space. A yeah, I did. Like, <laughs> so you could have breakfast. That's yeah. blowing me away. Yeah, so it was just nice. We found the space and we wanted to have like sort of this extended living room, um, you know, where we could just chill and have coffee and, and just go, yeah, um, and have simple food. It's vegetarian. Um, and then, yeah, that's what I do usually after. I take a little pit stop. You're the first person in 500 episodes where they've actually built their own coffee shop <laughs> to have a morning breakfast. It's good, yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun. There is Starbucks down the road, but it's not good enough. We need, it's too, too commercial. And it's, yeah, it's, it's about creating these, these inspiring uh, environments with, with uh, very little effort. Um, so yeah, that place is, uh, I, I love the place and I, um, I built it with, with my partners and with the people that work for the firm. And it, yeah, it's like, it's like kind of like a very nice uh, living room atmosphere with cozy lounge chairs and uncomplicated, uh, unsophisticated if you want to say so. Like it's just casual, laid back and lazy because I think also the, the most you know, dynamic person deserves to be lazy and that's probably more productive sometimes than just trying to, you know, force something, um, you know, because we are always driven so much by the stuff we think we have to fulfill or have to do or have to prove. And Lazy Cats was, um, was a place, you know, to, to do nothing. Well, I, and, and that's very important because in society now, I came from an environment where it is very stressful. Uh, you think you're being productive, but really I've yeah. come over here for a, a kind of mini retirement. I would say I've been my most productive, uh, getting small little projects done and uh, just almost thinking of the bigger picture. Um, so you, you finished your breakfast and then what do you, do you have some work, work hours you keep? Because you, you're running your own business um, with your partner. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, usually right after that I, I go to the office people roll in about 9 30 10 ish but those those hours are very flexible depending on the workload i i love the time when i'm alone in my studio sort of play the piano for an hour maybe for, i don't know 45 minutes yeah. 
Yeah, because I've just arrived with you playing the piano in your office, um, yeah, which I've, is a lovely escape again. It's something because you're like full of all these kind of things that you that you want to get accomplished for the day, and music has this incredible power to kind of reset you uh, and say, you know what, uh, there's um, you know focus on the important things in life, and that's expressing and really feeling feeling you know your you know the condition of the day. How is it going today? Uh, you know, as opposed to just having to achieve a lot, which is which is a beautiful power. Like it, you know, the dynamics of things is is something which keeps me exploring different things, opening businesses, small businesses with friends and like-minded people um, that go way beyond the service of architecture or the shape of architecture. Because it's so, I have all these kind of things that I want to do, but at the same time, you know, like, take a moment um, and looking around and, and yeah. appreciating what you have and who you're with, and, and that kind of takes this sort of sour taste out of it and just kind of neutralizes, neutralizes the day, and that's why music is just the most incredible thing. Just for the benefit of the audience as well, your office, you drive past a lot of projects that you've completed. Rome is one of those projects, but also uh, there's a lovely restaurant called Mama Pachamama. Pachamama is a Mexican restaurant, and I have never tasted Mexican food as good as this. It was, uh, and it was a lovely environment to eat. Uh, we spent my mother's 70th there. Uh, we've been there twice now, and we know all the staff. They're so lovely. But it was a lovely environment. You drive past that. You uh, drive past Alchemy, which is a vegan place, very, very popular in, in uh, Ubud. And uh, then you get to your office, and so you, you're already passing all these wonderful projects that I'm assuming would never have got achieved in, in uh, Germany or anywhere in Europe. It's so unique. Each one is different. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's the opportunity of, of, of using your skills at a place that actually needs input, that has a market that is not oversaturated, that still is lacking ideas, that provides opportunity. So... You know the speed of projects, or you're being able to put something from a from a stage of thoughts to a you know to something that you can touch. In the end, it just seems to be exponentially higher than back home, um, where you're struggling with you know all kinds of uh, obstacles and constraints, um, like you know regu regulation and. and uh, and stuff like that. And here, you know, there it's not always easy, and it's not you know um, being just given to you. But if you just insist and like doing your, the daily, you know, uh, the daily work, you you will achieve something fairly fast because it's you know the opportunity is there, and it's kind of yeah you have to tap into these resources and just just do it. Yeah, and this is a show about app entrepreneurs, and I've bumped into many uh, like entrepreneurs on uh, the internet or uh, within the space of mobile, working from these various places that you have created, and it's, it's definitely getting a lot of uh, appeal. So, so what sort of projects are you now next looking at uh, to, uh, like, you know, build up your portfolio? Yeah, I'm. Well, there's a bunch of things. They're always kind of at different stages. Um, then we're opening a store downtown Ubud, if you want to call it that. Um, it's a it's it's a soap store, yeah, you want to call it like that. So we have 
So it's something completely different of what I've been doing, but I'm fascinated by, um, by the phenomenon product and product uh, and how it's replicating itself much faster than architecture. So, but it has the same thoughts of creation. It has the same governors or the same drivers for doing something, but you just, um, you know, in a house, when doing a house, you go through prototype stages, like a hundred types at times, and then you have one result with the product. You go through it a couple of times, and then you can multiply and scale in a different way. Then you can scale the brand of an architecture. So, so I'm very fascinating by, by fascinated by, by processes in general. Um, and that's why we do something uh, product uh, related, uh, not so much gastronomy as the next uh, project. You know what would be interesting is, because I'm trying to uh, find interesting ways of mapping onto what we do compared to what you do in the physical world with architecture. And you, you, you seem to work on some really interesting projects. Do you have a decision tree of who you work with? Because I can imagine you've become like well known around here, and you you probably have lots of opportunities for different projects. But do you have some criteria about who, what type of people you work with, or the type of clients you take on? Yeah, I think you really have to go where the itch is. Like I think it's so important to have kind of personal interest in the stuff that you that that I'm you know choosing to pursue, and you know like. Um, the chemistry between people is something that's probably the most um, important, and you know because you're you're essentially marrying these people, you know, for a long period of time. So you have to be you have to be sure that things go along, and then they sort of share um, at least a base of how to how to see the world and what what's important. So first of all, um, it's who you do things with, and then of course uh, why. You do them, and and yeah, that's how. And then also diversification and diversity for me is interesting. I like to do stuff I haven't done before. It's yeah. the same with architectural styles. We don't have a, a one style. We create the style specifically for the task. So, um, so very detached from 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 the way that stuff is looking in the end. It's more about trying to figure out how something actually works. And then, as a result of that, like an organism just looks the way it does, and that's for the same for a business, and it's the same for a building, or the same for a chair, or the same for, for, for an object or a product. It's really about like postponing that moment of design where you're trying to make something very beautiful, um, postpone that as long as possible, and just really kind of get in there with all, in all that mud you know, consisting of, of constraints that you can turn into opportunities and just really think about how to write that program, essentially. It's a chain of decisions you're taking. Uh, I assume in the app world it's the same thing. Well, well one of the challenges we have really is that, uh, you know, and I've had this before, where you work with clients and you just do not enjoy the work. You're taking on projects because you are focusing on the wrong things like the bottom line, mm -hmm. money, revenue, and really, because of the lifestyle you just talked through in your typical day, your business is very much your lifestyle and you can choose the projects that interest you the most. And I think we could learn from that and not necessarily take on the highest playing clients, but the ones that will give us more fulfillment with our projects. Definitely. It's, the, it's, it's, it's really, it's like you say, it's, um, 
you know, these side effects or side products like money or success, I mean, they, they shouldn't be the primary driver for things. At least they are not for me. But of course, when you, you take a little bit of energy and turning it into more, it's always like in this fascinating um, process. So if you take you know, money as a form of energy and you replicate that, it's a fascinating process. But it's not about actually you know, buying bigger cars or like doing other stuff and like um, defining yourself differently of who you are. But you know, taking something adding kind of like this machinery or the system to it and creating, as a result, create more of something, whether it's money or awareness or happiness or whatever it is, that's the fascinating part about um, creation, which is, you know, uh, replication with a little bit of innovation. <laughs> I mean, it sounds pretty... I mean, it's like the, the innovative process, even if it's just a, it's just a millimeter, you just do things a slight bit different than the people yeah. before. And this is that divine space, which I'm trying to examine like every day uh, with the stuff that, I'm, that we're all doing. It's kind of like, all right, we've seen like the, you know, a, a lot of examples that work this way. So we choose to do the same or we're inspired by it, which is amazing. But then this is not enough. You, know, you have to add that quantum of you know, kind of shifting the angle of looking at stuff in order to create something which is unseen. And sometimes it's a bit more, sometimes it's a bit less, but there's got to be that ingredient in there every, you know, in everything you do. Because yeah. otherwise there's no evolution, there's no progress, there's no reason for me to do the stuff that I do because replication is boring. Um, but it's a, it's a necessary compo component and... You take this component and learn from things. It'd be like the most ridiculous thing to ignore the world around you and ignore good examples of what of architecture. Let's say we browse architecture up and down. Sometimes we we browse it for the beauty of it. Sometimes for the functionality of it. Whatever it speaks to us and talks to us, we take. But then there's got to be the mix of the new in there. I, I love that. So you talk, summarize some of the things that you said in there because that was really fascinating because we do a lot of creation as well. We're creating things for the devices that we have all around us. Um, but you're looking at it as a form of energy. So like, for instance, you said, if you focus on money, that, that, you, that, that takes energy, but it gives you different results. Also, I love the fact when you were saying about replicating, uh, replication is boring. Uh, so many entrepreneurs... Uh, or copycats who get fall into that trap of I want to create the next Instagram I want to create the next Facebook app and they're just copying uh, what it already exists but taking something and innovating even if a, a small amount and creating something new in the world is giving you purpose it sounds like yeah. yeah and that feels the most natural way because I guess that's where we're coming from you know it's this it's this drive you know that we feel in us and that's that satisfaction when we, that is so much deeper than like, you know, taking a recipe. Let's say you bake a cake or something or, or create a dish and you take that recipe and you replicate it. It's going to give you a certain um, satisfaction or sense of achievement. But then when you create, when you, and this is craft, you know, this is, you know, this is what you need. You know, you learn how to cook or do architecture or, or, or write a piece of music or something like this. But then you take these tools and they, they become kind of 
they create something more. You know, you, you create your own dishes, you create your own way of seeing the world and, and, or maybe doing architecture or creating your business, which to me feels and is all the same. It's like, um, it's just a different way of, of manifesting it, you know, whether it be buildings or, or, uh, or a coffee shop, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter because first of all, it's, you know, it's got to feel like the idea is, is applicable or it's like the idea is, has something to do with you. And, and when we create new things, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it should come from, from a place of, of, yeah, the, where is the necessity? Where is something that, that I can, you know, improvise or, or facilitate or make easier or make people aware of something, you know? Um, and, and that's where, that's where then the itch goes and that's where the next business model goes. That is so applicable to what we do. And, uh, often we neglect to look at how to imp make things different, improve life, uh, as you say, innovate on those small things and, and have some sense of purpose. Uh, yeah, that's so applicable to, and we, I think often a lot of startup founders forget that natural essence of creating something new, but make improving upon, why are we doing this? Like you mentioned who and why, uh, why are we doing these things? And I think we can learn from that, absolutely. So let's, to wrap this up then in the last few minutes, let's finish off your day, because we did get halfway through and, you know, so we, we woke up with the volcano and there's the sunrise and you've gone to the gym, you've gone to your own coffee shop, you started a bit of uh, work. Uh, on a typical week, whatever, is there any other things that you do towards the rest of the day that we can share with uh, our, the Appster tribe listening? Yeah, when the, when the swell is good, I go for a surf. Uh, I pause everything. Um, well, it depends on where it's coming from, but you know, sometimes it's more of the east, on the east or on the west, depending on the conditions. Um, and then, you know, um, through surfing, I know the people who, who surf might understand this. Uh, it's a very different and it's a very amazing metaphor for life. And I charge up with this, you know, this feeling, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but it has very much related to, to what I do in architecture and what I do in, in these little businesses. Um, so sometimes I, I get my inspiration uh, from there. Well, that's where I'm going next, uh, to do uh, some surfing in Changi. And uh, I'm still trying to uh, reduce the size of my board. Uh, mm -hmm. 10 years of snowboarding and I'm still like working out. The biggest challenge I have is trying to catch this. That's, that's all, that's all it there is. You know, that's the biggest and yeah, that's the only challenge because once you're on it, once you're on this moving mountain of water, you know, you, you just, you just do things intuitively, but it's about the timing and the position and like that little bit of, extra impulsive power, but it needs to get on that wave, which is very much the same than, you know, breaking your everyday routine, breaking these things, like really breaking free from your constraints and, and just get that impulse going. And then, then you're on the wave. You, your, speed is, your speed is sufficient to, to ride along this mountain of water, so, which is, yeah, which is another nice way of, of of seeing, um, of living, living one's life. And you, you fail so many times, you know, you get wiped out, you get, uh, you know, you're, you're underwater, uh, longer for what it's comfortable, 
you know, you struggle in there and, and then you're like, fuck, why the hell am I doing this, you know? And then and you're, there, you're out there for two hours, you're not catching any waves, it's all shit. You see all these people around you catching waves and you get really frustrated and then you're ready to go in. But then for some reason, you get one little ride and you just want to paddle straight back out. And then you just do the thing again. Yeah, and I like that. You can look at that as life. You know, you try lots of different projects. I've have failed at certain projects. I've succeeded in others. But uh, you never know what's going to work. And I guess that's life, isn't it? We don't know. We haven't got a roadmap. We just are all trying to find our way in the dark. But when you catch that wave, you know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So how can you possibly top that in the evening after you finish your surf? I mean, uh... Well, I go to, uh, to the restaurant that we opened about uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, like what you mentioned, Pachamama, um, that I'm doing with uh, my friends and my business partner, Alejandro, who's an amazing chef from Mexico. So, uh, and he, he's the one that does the Pachamama, because that yeah. food, uh, I was seriously blown away by how good uh, that, that food Yeah, it's nice because there's, there's nothing more further away from Mexico than, you know, Mexican food without meat. <laughs> so yes. we're, a me we're a vegetarian Mexican place, and I found that to be um, very interesting to, you know, to kind of tell a, a, a Mexican chef, like full-blood Mexican chef to say, all right, your main ingredient is missing, what are you going to do? So that is this, that's this exciting things of, you know, doing things differently. And uh, yes, we could have done another, uh, another classic Mexican place, but we wanted to give it uh, a spin, which is, which is a bit of innovative and also more challenging and more inspiring for, for Alejandro, like as a, being a chef. So... We also we try to give these spins to all our clients, like when, we, when they come to us and say, you know, I want this hotel or I want this house. Um, we're just like, yeah, yeah, this is a formal kind of request. This is a formal idea. But how will that idea differentiate from all the things that you already see out there? And of course, you want something like that, but you want, you want, it, you want it to change because that will also... Uh, it will also dictate the, the advantage of, of your idea um, over other people. Um, so, so that extra bit of innovation is going to give you that little boost and a little advantage. And then other people will come and copy you and replicate what you have done. But then while they're busy doing that, you're already off to the next one. So, so what I'm learning from this is to be courageous in a way that you've taken something that is so standard, you know, Mexican food with meat, and you've taken away the most important ingredient, meat, and given a challenge. And I, I love that as a metaphor of what we're doing as well. You know, you could take away something uh, that, uh, that we're doing in technology and, uh, and think differently. Uh, and I have to say, it's very, very popular and uh, incredibly uh, uh, like a, so you are one of the first startup founders, I have to say, or one of the first entrepreneurs that uh, has built your life around your lifestyle because you start off with in the coffee shop that you built, you finish off the day in a restaurant that you built. <laughs> I've never met anyone like you, Alexis. What, where on earth can um, people get in touch with you and find out more about you? That, you know, if, 
they want to connect with you? Well, we, we have the website, it's um, alexisdarnier.com and we have um, Instagram, which is also alexisdarnier and we're on Facebook. I'll put those links in the show notes. So that uh, this will be, uh, if you go to theappguy.co, look for the show notes with Alexis, you'll see all the links to you and how to connect. Thanks for coming on the show. That was such a wonderful chat. Really nice to do it in person. Well, and uh, thanks, thanks for, you, for your time. All right.